Acast empfiehlt. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Welche Sorte Chips ist die beste? Und wieso machen Chips eigentlich so süchtig? Welche Döner-Soßen-Kombo ist die richtige? Oder gehört Soße überhaupt auf den Döner? Alles Fragen, die die Foodie-Welt bewegen und ein kleiner Vorgeschmack auf unseren neuen Podcast Imbiss 3000. Wir sind Per Mörling von Berlin Food Stories und Asini Kneifel aka Andong von My Name is Andong. Bei Imbiss 3000 geht es um die Ess- und Snackkultur, die Deutschland wirklich bewegt. Es wird deftig und süß, es wird fettig und salzig, aber ganz sicher immer ein akustischer Gaumenschmaus. Dein Weg ins Schlemmerparadies. Willkommen im Imbiss 3000. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. Of course, it's uh, seven-ish. I mean, we're always late, but not too bad tonight. Uh, and we've got an absolutely mahusive uh, match to look forward to uh, tomorrow when we play Liverpool away. Probably the first big test of the year, season even. Uh, but of course, before all of that, uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, uh, who is still the star of... Uh, YouTube stroke Twitter videos, fourteen over 14,000 views, mate. Crikey. It's because I've only done one. It'll all go downhill if I do another one. You know that. Don't no, I, so. no, no. I mean, what's happening this weekend? You you planning on one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, if I can meet up with Martin, it's a question of meeting up. Well, I'm unlikely to meet up, aren't we? Um, I'm on someone else's time because I'm getting oh. very kindly offered a lift. So well, I've there got we have to it. be respectful it. of yes. them. Yeah. So, oh. I, may end, I may end up doing it in the car on the way back. I yeah, it might, it might be safer as well. Well, yeah. I, I said this on... I, he looked really aghast when I said this to him. I said, mate, you really don't want to be filming a, a match preview thing after the game at Anfield, mate, because they'll, they'll sort oh. you out. Have you met my mate Stanley? Yeah, you know, it's not nice up there, you know. Do it in the car on the way home, love, with a nice cup of tea. You'll be fine. I will. Thank so you. there you go. So, uh, JK, I mean, obviously we know we've got Martin on. Who have we got on the show tonight? We've got uh, another brain of football who's been setting Twitter and social media alight. It's, uh, he's unfortunately a bit coldy, but um, uh, apart from that, it's the uh, the excellent uh, Adam Newsom of um, football, football London. So, uh, what well I mate. Lovely to see you again. You too, guys. Thank you very much for having me back again. Always lovely to see you, Adam. And of course, the aforementioned Mr. Wickham who, as always, is looking on fire. I don't see a beer in your hand at the moment, Martin. No, again, I've got an early start. I also had a moment of terror at half four this afternoon when I checked my emails and realised I was on the show tonight and I was in Holborn <laughs> rather than at home. So there was a, a moment of panic and then hot-footing it back through the tube, which oh. which isn't normally isn't fun. But this week, um, I have been commuting to London every day. What pandemic? And commuting through Holborn Tube Station. Now, if you know Holborn Tube Station, you know it's the way to the Emirates. Let's just say that the sticker Artie's work is still there and it makes me smile every morning. Good stuff. Uh, when when are you off to Liverpool tomorrow? Uh, about early tomorrow morning, about 10, 11 sometimes. Mm. I'm meeting in Hillingdon and getting a lift from a, a generous person. Mm. So 
Good on you. All right. Well, we'll be talking all about that uh, very soon. But of course, the first part of the show, as we all know, is uh, usually a kind of a roundup of all the Chelsea news from this week. And of course, we're always lucky to have uh, either Sam or Adam or or Liam or a another actually on the show who have uh, usually uh, either been at the press conference or, or or certainly have had a chance to uh, look at it and write about it. Unlike me, so. Um, I mean, I did have a quick glance, Adam, I'll, I'll be honest. And and I, I also looked at Twitter where there was, uh, what a surprise, lots of opprobrium about journalists not asking proper questions like, who's fit, you know? But apart from all that, what happened in the presser? Um, a lot of talk about uh, Liverpool, um, how, you know, they're good and he respects Jürgen Klopp. Standard stuff, really, in that respect. Um, was asked about Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. And... Yeah, was asked about music, which was a bit random. Um, but yeah, we didn't get the team news. Didn't get nobody got the chance to ask about the team news. Um, Have they just asked about music because it's Liverpool, Cavern Club, the Beatles, and all that other goggles? Uh, or... Honestly, the question was about Jurgen Klopp comparing or Jurgen Klopp's football being heavy metal football. What for? Anyway, he liked ABBA in his youth and he said, I don't somehow, he said, the only reason I like ABBA was I, I rather like one of the girl singers. Well, like, like all of us. <laughs> yeah. Like all of us. Was it, so, was, it, was it Moose who asked that question by any chance? I would have yes. been about food if it was Moose. No, you're right. Oh, God. They just, you know, enough. Obviously, you know, it was in for uh, another player. They hadn't finished the transfer business. They were still looking. Yes, that was going to be the main part of this. Yeah, um, he did say, yeah, Chelsea aren't done in the transfer market. They want to try and get another couple. Well, he didn't say another couple. They want to try and get another player or two in. And also Um, mentioned Zuma as well, didn't he? Yes, said Zuma is pretty much going. But that's not why he's in France at the moment. That's due to personal reasons. So, um. So yeah, there, there was there was a couple of interesting lines out of it, but yeah, shame we didn't get the confirmed team news. But I think it's only going to be Zuma and um, Christian Pulisic who don't travel out of the usual suspects. I mean, one of the interesting things that did come out of it, I thought, was the the way that they're they're setting up this, you know, quite understandably, really. I mean, funnily enough, Adam. Oh, what a segue into my piece for you lot this weekend. I don't know how I do it, but my piece this weekend is on is on Tuchel. Funnily enough, and I've been doing a bit of reading about that and the and the weird uh, kind of parallel path that both, you know, he and Klopp have been on. I mean, you know, he followed, uh, Klopp left Mainz, he went to Mainz. Klopp let Dor- left Dortmund, he went to Dortmund. So they've had this very interesting parallel journey as managers. So I think it is ripe for comparisons and a kind of a Klopp v Tuchel thing, which is, I think, what they were trying to do in the press today, wasn't it? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um I think earlier on in his career as well, I think there was an element of Tuchel really trying to distance himself from this sort of path where they both took and, and trying to, not not irritating him, but I think, you know, much like today, he was asked about it a lot. Um, he's obviously now very much proven himself in his own right. Um, so I think we'll see that probably die down a little bit in the years to come. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting how they both started out um, at Mainz and, and Dortmund and I kind of feel at this point Tuchel's football is probably a little bit more suited to the Premier League, um, or maybe I'm being maybe a little bit harsh on Klopp, but you know his style is is a lot more all action than than Tuchel's can be. I think Tuchel's a bit more pragmatic in that respect, as we saw last season. Um, so I'm very interested to see how it goes um, tomorrow because uh, I think everyone's talked about Lukaku versus Virgil Van Dijk being the big talking point or the big point of where Chelsea can win this game but I actually think it will be 
whether or not Timo Werner starts. And if Timo Werner does start, um, how much Chelsea can exploit the space that will be left behind uh, Alexander-Arnold um, if he goes forward. So I do think Werner will start for that reason. Um, because so there's, there's nothing in the room of him going to Juventus. Did you see that that appeared on? Uh, on... I didn't see that. Um, Tuchel loves him um, for all his faults, um, and you know I do think tomorrow is a game a game for Timo Werner. I don't think there are actually going to be loads this season where I'd go. Yeah, I really think he could do a lot of, of damage uh, today. But um, given the the high line Liverpool play with and the sort of attack minded nature of Alexander Arnold, who's obviously brilliant, but does leave that space. I do think we'll probably see him start. Does that mean that Chilwell will probably start instead of Alonso from the speed point of view? Or is Alonso just man of the moment, do you think? Personally, I would start Chilwell, 100%. Um, I know he hasn't played uh, any minutes yet, but I'd rather have, have his athleticism, his mobility up against Salah and, and Alexander-Arnold on, on that flank than Alonso, um, despite the fact, yeah, Alonso has started this season very well. He tends to do. He tends. To, he tends to do this. He tends to do make good starts to seasons, um, and then we'll sort of dip. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one how he continuously does this. It is indeed. It is indeed. Now, I mean, you mentioned. I mean, I know it was. It was as Jonathan rightly pointed out. Was mentioned in the presser as well. But um, it was very. What was interesting about Tuchel talking about Zuma was he. he I mean, I think everybody's assuming that it's a done deal and Zuma is off to West Ham for twenty five million quid but he kind of said well maybe maybe not i mean he left he's left i mean is he is he just toying with people i mean you know it's done surely isn't it i think it's done um i'm pretty sure david moyes said in his press conference today that zoom was having a medical um so i'm it's done um zoom will be going which is uh, a shame on one hand because i think he's uh, a perfectly adept defender for us um he seems an absolute sort of consummate teammate sort of guy you'd want to have around your dressing room as well um but, you know, 25 million is a decent amount of money. I think maybe Chelsea could have got a little bit more given the Ben White fee that uh, Brighton got. Yeah. Um, but it, that's probably the domino falling uh, for Chelsea to bring in Jules Kunde then from uh, Sevilla in the next few days. You think that's going to happen? Because I mean, he was talking about, well, there might be a few more in the pipeline. We're working on it. You know, so is that, is that the one it's likely to be? Yeah, I think Kunde is likely. Um, and then we'll see after that. I'm not sure the Saul deal is as likely as uh, other people have made out I'm not sure that one will happen just because Atletico have been pushing for a, an obligation on the loan which I don't really see why Chelsea would do um, right. so we'll see we'll see how that progresses but I think that's more more unlikely at the moment um, and then the other one is uh, Aurelien Chouameni of, of Monaco who didn't make the Champions League group stage and could be tempted into selling I think at the right price but it's just whether or not Chelsea want to really commit on that one at this point mm, Interesting stuff I just ask, what do you think of the the Andorin, um transfer going to uh, um, was it locomotive locomotive Moscow? Um, yeah, I, funny. I literally tweeted something about that five minutes ago. Um, yeah, it, nothing's been finalised on that yet. Um, it, there is interest in him from a lot of clubs, like genuinely around Europe. A lot of them, um, locomotive Moscow seem to be the most likely to, to get him. Um, Ralph Rangnick, who uh, was formerly in charge of the Red Bull stable and, and has obviously got this reputation of um, identifying talented young players and, and helping them develop their game and then selling them on for a lot of money. Um, he, you know, I believe that's quite a big factor in, in, in the move. Um, but yeah, so nothing's decided as yet, but it is looking more likely than not that, that Lokomotiv Moscow is going to take him. There's been an element of... of um... 
of disdain on on social media about the transfer, just saying what on earth are Chelsea doing? But it seems to me that if the if the club believe if they look they do they're forensically involved in so much youth, if the club believe that the player isn't going to fit in, why not sell them? I see it as a positive actually. Some of these players being sold on, I don't, um, and that that also that that yeah, their faith in Tuchel. Tuchel knows what kind of player he wants and what team he wants. And if somebody, if he says, I'm sorry, he's not going to get in the side this year, he's not going to figure, the club then have to work out whether or not it's worth selling him or having a loan. I think it's a positive for the club, personally. Well, I know Tuchel really likes Andrin. Um, it's why he's had him around uh, the first team. Obviously, Lampard brought Andrin into the first team at the start of yeah. January um, and Tuchel's kept him around the whole time. Um, he really, really likes him as a player, really likes what he's done in training. Obviously, the game time isn't there, though. Um, and I think that's the real problem here is that, that Tino's going to be 20 this season. He hasn't gone out on loan. He hasn't done that route. He has gone a bit of a different route. But when you're coming up to your 20th birthday and you've you've played the best part, I think it's maybe three games in senior football, it's understandable at that point why you'd want to get out there and, and do something differently. And I think we're seeing maybe with a lot of the younger Chelsea players at this point, they don't want to get caught up in the loan cycle. Um most some of them want to make a clean break and with Andrew you know he signed a five-year deal uh, a couple of years ago um, so he committed to the club um, he showed his his loyalty to the club for for the years of of, of of academy football you know development on his part so he's done his bit in terms of that um, but it's got to the point now where you know he maybe want to go out and play and and he doesn't want to go out necessarily and play for a year somewhere, come back, go somewhere else, come back. There's, you know, it's an increasingly looking like younger players at Chelsea do want to make that clean break um, for a multitude of reasons. Mm. Well, that's, that's, the example of somebody like Piazon, for example, just went from club to club. You just, you slightly despair for the poor boy. You know, he never ever put roots down. He never got an opportunity to, to create a kind of uh, to, um, legacy with the supporters or even, even with the teammates. And you just think that all right, they're making decent money, but it, it's um, that mu must be something that they they're, they're all the, they're all looking up to and thinking. I don't want to go down that route, isn't it? It's mm. kind of like yeah, a career. I mean, you know? Adam, as long as they've got, um, which I think they've they've certainly done, haven't they, J.K. with a few of them recently. But they, you know, as long as they've got a buyback clause, which is not too punitive, then I I think it's the right way to go for exactly the the reason. God, I went a bit Christopher Walken there. How weird. Anyway, for for, for exactly the reason. That, in which film? In which film? Well, any that? any. It's the ubiquitous. Well, Christopher Walken. Okay. Now, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I can't, I can't remember what the fuck I was talking about now. So I was ditch it anyway. Whatever. Um, yeah, exactly the exactly the reason that you were you were talking about the fact that in a way going out on loan, in, in a way becomes. I know it isn't because I know that they work very hard to keep in touch with the loanees and see what their progression is like. But in a way, you're outside out of mind, and suddenly you can find and they bought another player that's going to keep you out the side the next season. And then what do you do? I, I agree with you, all of you, actually. It, it, it does. It's a shame, but it's sensible. I like it. I noticed that Barbara Raman has gone to a club, hasn't he? Reading. On loan, Reading, for goodness sake. What? Who purchased him? What? What? What happened there? Oh, don't even go there. It, that, that, oh. You know what? We could do a whole show on that. Maybe we should at some stage. Now, I do want to move this on because there's been lots of other news this week. Uh, not least, of course, the most important news of all, which is the Champions League group stage draw. And uh, a bit of a humdinger it was. I mean, I, I personally think that we've got a... Because I remember we talked about this the other day, didn't we, JK? That mm. because of the, the kind of teams that were in pot two, we could end up with a... 
a real you know a Barcelona or something like that. But we've we've ended up with Juventus, which arguably considering that considering they've just lost Ronaldo, and uh, you know I think that that's probably. I mean, I'd rather play them this season than the season before, if you see what I mean. Anyway, um, we've got Juventus and Malmo and Zenit St. Petersburg, which will be interesting because apparently they're the, they're the host this year. And uh, the fixtures, I mean, we, we, the first one's going to kick off on the 14th or the 15th of September. So they're coming round pretty soon. Uh, and uh, the, um, dear old Rick on the pre-match briefing has very kindly listed who we play after each fixture. And uh, that'll be Tottenham, Spurs, Norwich, Burnley, Man United and Leeds. So I I also think that's quite good because usually we end up, mind you, that's quite often later in the competition when we suddenly have to play people like City, Liverpool, uh, all, the, all the decent teams just after a Champions League match before it. But I mean, bottom line is I think it's a decent draw. Martin, are you, um, I mean, because you'll probably be going out to a few of these, won't you, I suspect? So are you kind of happy? <laughs> I don't think we'll be going out to any of them at the moment. Oh, well, of judging, course, yeah, there's no fans allowed, is there? Ju- judging by what UEFA said, but yeah. my, my main thought on is, well, fuck, that's a really, that's a really cold draw. So if you're looking for some like winter sun, you're kind of <laughs> screwed. Um, I've been to Malmo before because uh, we played them in the Europa League a couple of years back. Um, the only thing I could remember about it is you get the trade in from Copenhagen. Um, Juventus, you've said all that needs to be said, really, because you know Juventus. Um, getting rid of Ronaldo or Ronaldo wanting to go, whatever we like to talk about. Zenit, St. Petersburg, all I know about them is Ivanovic used to be playing well, there. Wasn't, he... wasn't AVB the manager or something? Yeah, he is, he bit, still yeah. the, is he still the manager there, Adam? No. 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 He, he never lasts long anywhere, does he, really? Let's be honest. Is, is he rally no. driving somewhere in the desert, maybe? I don't know. Well, I think he got out of Marseille in time, judging by what I saw last Sunday. Oh, but... Well, they've got that mental... Uh... Oh, San Paoli, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> yeah, trying to fight ma- people, wasn't he? he? He wanted to fight them, and then one of his coaching staff forearms smashed the yeah. fan, who okay? proper drubbed him. But so back to, back to the draw, Group H and all that. Um, I would also... I'd, I would imagine the Zenit game can't be played... has to be played reasonably early on in the group stage. The game in... St. Petersburg due to the the weather. Know, exactly. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd imagine that could be the first or second game up. Um, kind of running, running dry. I, I'd, expect, I'd expect us to qualify, put it that way. Yeah. Um, ironically, getting we got we didn't get the worst pot two draw on Juventus and it made pot four a lot easier because we could have drawn AC Milan. Wow, and, were um, they in pot four? They, well, yeah. they haven't been in Europe for... Right. Donkey's years. Yeah. I reckon were... Liverpool won't qualify, you know, from that group. Well, that hang on a minute, just just to let me find them. What group are they in? Uh, Liverpool. Right, yeah, in... yeah. They've got Atletico, Madrid, Porto, and, and AC Milan. Oh, how yeah. sad. Never mind. Yeah. And City have got a hard group. Paris, Leipzig, and Club Bruges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if only, I don't know, I believe there was somebody tweeted about two hours before the draw that they would rig it to make sure City played PSG. <laughs> I can't think who that was. Oh yeah, me. Oh, you. You're such warm, a conspiracy theorist, Martin. Warm, I don't warm balls are still a thing. Yeah, uh, Adam, what do you think of the draw? I mean, I, I think it's a good one for us personally. But what do you think? Yeah, I think Chelsea should get through without too many problems. Uh, I think I'm very interested to see how Juventus uh, perform this season now. Ronaldo has gone. Obviously, he was kind of brought in by Juventus to help win them the Champions League, and and he's left them with with them further away from that than they were before he arrived, which is 
somewhat amusing given the uh, financial outlay that they put into that. Um, so yeah, I think Chelsea will get through the group, as uh, as Martin said. I'm intrigued to see when the dates of the the Malmo and Zenit game are, because I think there's the potential to get out there for press. Um, there's a potential to get fucking frostbite as well. <laughs> I, I know Zenit Stadium has a as a retractable roof, so they could theoretically still play it um, in deepest, darkest winter. But uh, Malmo I, certainly I has. Hope they, I hope they have an inside press area if that's the case, and I can actually go. So. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be the first sort of full Champions League uh, campaign that I cover um, mm. for Chelsea. So, so yeah, looking forward to it. I hope they can, uh, can repeat what they did last well, year. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, and one one thing I would say about um, about Juventus, uh, of course, is that when we won the Champions League in 2012, who did we have in our Champions League qualifying group the next season but Juventus? And I remember this why because at the Bridge, uh, I think it was a September October. Uh, Oscar scored that absolute worldy past and that, the wonderful Gigi Buffon. I think rarely have I seen uh, an opposition player so roundly appreciated and applauded as, as Gigi Buffon was in that match. It was a really lovely thing to see. You rarely see it in football, mm. but you did. So I remember that well. Of course, the Barca's beat us 3-0 and Robbie Di Matteo was sacked the, on the plane home, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. I was and at Con- the game at Stamford Bridge. Conte, the manager of Juventus at the time as well. He was, wasn't he, Martin? That's right. Yep. Good spot. All right. Now, talking of uh, UEFA, uh, of course, they had this uh, interesting thing called the UEFA Awards. Not the Ballon d'Or. Don't panic, everybody. It wasn't the Ballon d'Or. Um, but it was the UEFA Awards. And as I said on Monday's show, I think it was Monday's show, we had an awful lot of Chelsea players in contention uh, for all sorts of things. Uh, Jorginho, Kante and Kevin De Bruyne were the three up for the player of the year, UEFA's player of the year. But uh, uh, Kante and Mendy were in the team of the year and uh, Tommy Tuchel was nominated as the uh, manager of the year. Well, we did really well. Um, You know, Mendy won goalkeeper of the year, N'Golo Kante won midfielder of the year, Thomas Tuchel won coach of the year. But the real stunner in some respects was Jorginho winning player of the year. Now, here's the thing, Adam. This is what I can't... I mean, I, I'm delighted. I don't care. If a Chelsea player wins something list, I'm I'm chuffed. I've got no anti-kind of Jorginho thing going on here. And In fact, I, you know, I, I was singing his praises so much. Thank, Actually, you weren't on, in on Monday's show, so you don't know this. I was singing... You know the embargoed article that you were teasing us with last yes. week? Well, I read it, but read both of them, actually, because I think there were two. But I, I particularly the Tuchel one on Jorginho. I actually quoted what, um, jo, uh, what Tuchel said about Jorginho in full on Monday's show. And I thought it was a real revelation. And it was so much so that even Dean Mears tweeted that I'd had a massive conversion and he couldn't believe it. So there you go. So I've got nothing (laughs) against Jorginho, right? But what I don't understand is how, if Jorginho and Kante both play in Chelsea's midfield, how Kante can be the midfield player of the year and Jorginho can be the player of the year. How does that work, Adam? So unless I misunderstood this, the UEFA award for Kante was UEFA Champions League midfielder of the year whereas the Jorginho one was UEFA Player of the Year. Now, obviously, UEFA run the Champions League. They also run the European Championships. And Jorginho won the Champions League, was very much instrumental in Italy winning the European Championships too. Whereas France so, was shit. Whereas France got knocked out. And then, obviously, Jorginho has gone on and and, uh, and won the Super Cup as well, as has Kante. So I think that's why it's happened. Obviously, Jorginho has had an incredible 2021, really. Um, he could obviously still have the Club World Cup to, to, to that as well in, in December so yeah fair play to Jorginho um, so who'd have thought it who'd have thought it eh the player that we were all 
binning a year and a half ago. I mean, phenomenal. I just yeah, thought I'd say... Yeah, I've, I'd like to, you know, I saw a few snide remarks on to, oh, you're not saying he's rubbish now, you're not saying it. Yeah, but he was rubbish earlier. He's better now. Fuck's sake. It's possible to hold two opinions at two different times. He used to be shite. Now he's all right. We're walking in a Jorginho wonderland. <laughs> I just, you know, Chidge, obviously you said you read it out on Monday. Yeah. That, that The Tuckle assessment was spot on in, in you know, look, if Thomas Tuckle doesn't need me to say, well done, you've got that right. Um, but, you know, Jorginho has his limitations physically. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And he can be exposed if if you've got guys running at him. The 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 thing that Tucker was done, and as he explained, is you put a structure around Jorginho that protects him a little bit, hides his weaknesses, accentuates his strengths, then you've got a brilliant player in your hands, and that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, so. has, has nobody thought of poor Mateo Kovacic in this situation? <laughs> he must be feeling really pissed off at his Croatian teammates. Well, indeed. I mean, look, the bottom line is it's it's lovely to see, and I mean... You know, I remember in the days of, in fact, actually, it's interesting how your your mind, uh, you know, forgets these things. But, you know, I, I'm thinking back, you know, to the Mourinho Mark One era when we were always going deep in Europe, you know, semi-finals, finals, all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, the likes of John Terry, Drogba, Lampard, et al. would get into the team of the year. And then I see that Rick's put here that the only time we've had uh, players nominated for this was Petr Cech and Didier Drogba in 2012. And Eden Hazard three times. So I clearly have got a, a completely reconstructed memory of everything therein. But either that or those awards didn't happen in the mid 2000s. Oh, I think they. You're right. They, that may well have been the case. But anyway, because John, really... John Terry was in something called Thief Pro a lot. Yeah, but they they did very regularly get in. That's what I thought. But anyway, look, I'm delighted to see Chelsea players getting recognised for being how bloody good they are, particularly to the wider world. I'm very up for that now final bit of uh, news this week of course that would have slipped under the wire perhaps is um that uh, we've uh, we've drawn aston villa at home in the caribou cup uh on the first, and that's going to be played uh, on the 22nd of september it's really interesting i li- i quite like this time of the season you know where suddenly the champions league draws made the caribou because you know you know now i mean it's it's kind of odd because we're doing monday night shows at the moment where we're only reviewing one game you know, and we're not really getting a chance to review a game on a Friday. But from about, you know, two weeks' time, it's going to be full on for the rest of the season. Two weeks, two games a, a week, pretty much. So I think that's quite exciting. But uh, JK, thoughts on Villa at home? Um, I'm looking forward to it, looking through the game and see who he plays, see whether he, he, he rotates. Um, uh, in which case, what, you know, what what team will he come up with? I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're as good. I think he... Um, Grealish was really important for them, and um, uh, I think they're going to—they're not going to be as competitive as they were last year. And I think we'll uh, we'll win. So uh, that's my view of it. But uh, it'll be um, you know bring them on. I just think bring all the games on. I'm intrigued as to how uh, how he'll deal with it. He seems to have a file on every team that he plays against and has a way of playing against them. Um, and at the same time, he obviously wants to play a, a Chelsea way, so he's not going to be tweaking his team too much. For the opposition, but um, uh, it's it's exciting to see also whether we, we he should play Lukaku. Um, whether how many goals Lukaku will score? I think he's gonna. I said I think he's gonna score. No, will, 30, will he play him against Villa? Thirty plus. I don't know. This will be yeah exactly. Will he? But at the same time, um, he wants to. He wants him to to play within the structure of the team, doesn't he? So he make, because he, he he's not used to him. He hasn't played that much. He said he didn't feel his legs were quite up to it. Well, in which case he may play him again. He may. 
give him a couple of games. But also, I'd like to see him just see who he plays well with. I don't think he's worked out who the best players he's going to play with. Or is, is that necessary? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he'll, I, I hope he plays because I think he'll score against them. Mm. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know, as you know, you, you've predicted Chelsea to win the Caribou Cup as well as all the other trophies were entered yeah. into this season. So, you know, we'll see, yeah. won't we? Adam, f- a final word to you. Um, what do you think of the Caribou Cup draw? And also the Caribou Cup, actually, because uh, I do wonder if, if it's, if it's you know, longed for this world, the Caribou Cup. Um, yeah, the draw's fine. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the games. Obviously, I love going to the games, so it's another game, so fine with me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, again, we use Carabao Cup just to rotate players a lot, give those guys who are on the fringes minutes, the likes of Kappa and, uh, well, whoever, whichever the attackers doesn't feature at the weekend before the game, um, hudson Adoy maybe. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll rotate in and out for it just to keep everyone happy and, and trying to keep players fresh. Um, yeah, it's a strange one, the Carabao Cup. To be honest, I've I've not I've not had a huge amount of of time for it in the last few years. Um, I would very much be open to it. You know, the teams that are in Europe having to play a certain amount of young, like academy graduates. I think that would make it a lot more interesting from my perspective. If if you've got that, and it would probably level it out a bit more for for well, quote unquote, lesser teams to have a chance of winning some silverware. But um, but no, it's fine. I think it becomes really interesting once you get to the semi final. To be honest, yeah. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I think in a way, maybe that's what they should do. They should, I mean, maybe they don't need to because I think the big size like mm. us, City, the ones of the big squads, I think will exactly use it like you suggested. They'll use it as an opportunity to, to play, play, you know, because, you know, these players are going to need games because they're not going to get many games. So you need the Caribou Cups to play the likes of Chaloba, for example, Kepa, you know, so maybe that's the way it's heading and it'll become a competition where the big top clubs using really their second team and maybe that will level things out i mean i i mean look for me i i like all trophies particularly ones we hit. i mean it's the, the first cup we ever won was the league cup so you know it's 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 special in in many respects and first first cup that uh first trophy that Mourinho won of course at the club and that set us on the way. So I think these, I think get rid of them at your peril, really. Um, unfortunately, Adam, we're going to get rid of you at our peril. But I think actually we need to because you, you, you look like you need to go and have some lem sip and uh, a good night's sleep to prepare yourself for the rigours of tomorrow. And I think yeah. a bit of a steam. You need a bit of a steam. I think from from looking just just get the get the get the steam up your up your nose. Yeah, my wife's already said I should yeah. do something like that. Failing that, a hot toddy, or in Martin's case, a hot paddy. Not that Martin's a hot paddy, but it's a drink. Um, okay, just just for you know clarification. There. There, there, there was at least one drunk woman in a nightclub ten years ago. So, that... <laughs> <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> yeah, whiskey or paracetamol or both are your friend if you've got a cold. That's what I've been told. So there you brandy, go. brandy. Okay, there you go. Lots of home remedies available on the Chelsea <laughs> Fancast. Of course, you would expect nothing less. Look, Adam, brilliant to see you. Well done for for getting off your sick bed and helping us out tonight. Really appreciate that. And uh, obviously, uh, have a safe trip up tomorrow. Enjoy the game. And uh, we will hopefully see you next week, of course. Looking forward to it, guys. Take care. Lovely stuff. Right. Uh, We will be uh, back uh, in a minute. Uh, But there's no opposition view this week because I couldn't find a scouser that would be prepared to talk to us. But I suppose we should be thankful that we don't get to listen to a whiny, nasally scouser being deluded. So I suppose it's a win-win for everybody, really. But we will be... Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 
229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. Back in a minute. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, Mr. Kid. Oop. And the lovely, the hottest paddy in town, Mr. Martin Wickham. Evening. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, by the way, people, I mean, I've been a bit subtle about this because I haven't made a big drum roll announcement or anything, but uh, I don't know if the eagle-eyed amongst you have noticed in some outlets that our Chelsea Fancast logo has changed. Oh, I didn't even notice that. No, <laughs> I fucking dirty, didn't even. No. <laughs> no. Well, the lovely Brian Wolf of Chelsea Chicago has added two gold stars. To, Ooh. Yeah, either side of the uh, Chelsea fancast bit on the Guinness glass. He has an all. Yeah, he has an all. There you go. Nice touch, I thought. Of course, it has nothing to do with the Champions League uh, wins. It's all to do with the fact that we've won the Football Blogging Awards twice. That's what yeah. I thought anyway. Yeah. I mentioned it on a show, didn't I? We came up with the idea ages ago, didn't we? I remember it. I, I, thought, it was with, I thought it was to do with the cup winners' cup wins, right? But there we go. No, no, it was no, 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 neither. It was it's because we won the football blogging awards twice. I thought you mentioned it. I didn't think it was going to be implemented. Well, no, we, like, we had the idea. I thought, yeah, oh, that's actually a good idea. So, and Brian contacted me. He said, yeah. "I heard the show. What a great idea! I'll do it for you." I said, "Great. There you go." So it's great. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, on with the show. Now, as I said before, we don't have a, an opposition view this week, uh, which is a shame. Uh, my fault, really. I just my the Scouse contacts that I had uh, were, were not around, and the Scouse contacts you had were Evertonians. That's what it was. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do have a, a very. I mean, I know one or two Scousers that are not whiny, uh, nasally, twangy, and deluded. And uh, they're very nice people, but I couldn't get hold of either of them, which is a bit of a shame. And then I've got a lot of others because we could, you know, as you know, opposition view can be fans, players, ex-players, or or journalists. And frankly, Martin, I just didn't have the time this week because I've been off, just rushed off my feet for all sorts of reasons. So uh, never mind. I will try harder next time. I and mean, I know Jonathan was a bit disappointed because you mentioned getting a, a mate of yours on board, which if if I'd have known earlier, then I would have been up for that. But then you wouldn't have known earlier because I didn't actually tell you until I'd sent the finished note. Yeah, you know. So there we go. Never mind. Now, um, we're going to get on and preview the, the Liverpool game, uh, as we always do in part three normally, in a minute. But before we do that, uh, we have another excellent, excellent uh, draw, prize draw from the lovely people at Football Prizes. And I tell you what, this is going to get the uh, the Yanks who love listening to this show very, very, very moist. I'm thinking of Mr. Stick particularly. There's going to be stick moist trails in his apartment or wherever he lives. Shouldn't that be sap rather than uh, moist? Shouldn't he get a lot of sap? He might get sappy. He may even get sappy. He's going to be happy when he hears it because this week you have a chance to win a Christian Pulisic 
signed and framed boot in the prize draw. How about that? Now, it costs £4.95 to enter per ticket. So you can buy more than one if you want, but it's it's four ninety five for each ticket. And it will end at 7.30pm on Wednesday, the 1st of September. Uh, so you need to get your tickets in before then. And then they all draw it out, I suspect, about half eight. Now, I know that there are 99 tickets available, so... That you, you, I wouldn't hang around too long, but you've got a fair shout at the moment. Uh, now, the link to the prize is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Pulisic hyphen boot. There you go. But I will put that on our Twitter feed uh, on the Chelsea Fancast sometime tonight. And uh, and then good luck. Enter it. Have fun. Good luck. There we go. Great prize, I think. Anyway. So uh, now to to the Chelsea or the Liverpool-Chelsea game. So much to talk about this. I tell you what, you know, uh, unusually in in my experience, but Sky did a wonderful kind of teaser promo for this, which I just happened to catch when I was hoping to see a bit of the cricket uh, before uh, before uh, doing the show tonight. But of course, they were they were covering the Kent versus Birmingham Bears Vitality Blast. But I saw this trailer and it was absolutely brilliant because it summed up a lot of really key recent Premier League. Uh, Chelsea Liverpool moments and it just made you think oh yeah this is a proper proper match isn't it that you know this is this has got history it goes back and I and I suddenly thought oh I'm really looking forward to this um, and I think it's really interesting because as, as we were alluding to earlier there are so many uh, interesting clashes already uh, in terms of matchups the first of course that we talked about earlier on being the the Klopp v Tuchel one but of course the obvious one to start with I think is is Lukaku versus Van Dijk and I, and I wonder if, without racing ahead too far, whether Lukaku might do for Chelsea what Van Dijk did for Liverpool. Because, you know, without Van Dijk, I mean, last year being the case in point, they're quite an average team. And they were before they signed him. And then they signed him and they just looked like world beaters. And I have a suspicion that they'll be much better this year. Because he is a hell of a player. Do you realise, J.K., He's never lost in 43 matches at Anfield, or they have never lost with with Van Dijk playing in 43 matches at Anfield. He's a hell of a player. But of course, JK, he's up against a hell of a player in Lukaku. So it's going to be fascinating for that one, isn't it? Well, they might end up um, cancelling each other out, in which case the uh, they'll be up to somebody else to score. But yeah, I, I think it's um, he's going to be up for it, Lukaku, because he's much more experienced and... Uh, um, uh, has has uh, um, it'd be interesting? Has he actually played against him? Did he play against him? Uh, um, other than United, didn't play for him for for uh, Inter, did he? Didn't play against him at any stage. Um, he could have played when Van Dijk was at Southampton. If Lukaku was in his Everton or West Brom loan period, you know, yeah, yeah, it was a very different couple of players. Yeah. Standard was very different for both of them. They both um, just got better and better. But no, I'm. Um, it, it will be intriguing. Uh, it. Um, I think he has the ability, doesn't he, Van Dyke, to make some of the other players. And uh, um, uh, I know he's a great presence. He's a great organisational presence as well, and um, uh, and a very um, also a, a very terrific, uh, accomplished defender. So uh, if he's back to his best, now, has he been affected by the injury? Do we know, or is he just um, playing? Playing I haven't. I've already well. watched enough games to judge. Um, yeah. This will be Van Dyke's first real test in since he's come back but um yeah I think I hit Liverpool are a much better team with him there and also with the ball at his feet he's able to distribute distribute the ball much quicker than any of the others when you saw that 
last year their play completely broke down because Van Dyke wasn't there. Yes, um, you can play that long pass in the same way that um, yeah, raking uh, passes to the either flank, get Robinson or Trent Alexander Arnold going. Arnold can do it as well, can't he? Yeah, yeah. Trent, Trent can do it, but it's um, he's yes, he's obviously integral and he makes them into a much more dominant side. I still think I still am not convinced as yet that they're. I know that they've put in for, put they put together an enormously competent run, haven't they? They've scored. I think they haven't lost in twelve games in the Premier yeah, League. That's right. That's it's, right. Uh, 10 wins and two draws, but uh, I still don't think they've played against anybody who's as good as us. Um, uh, so it's going to be very fascinating. And of course, of course they, when you go to Anfield, you've got the, the crowd to deal with as well. And we've got Taylor as the ref, haven't we? Which yeah, but did you know we've got a yeah. 100% record? I, I remember reading it in the pre-match briefing and I was astonished to read it. I was astonished to read it because, I mean, whenever we get Anthony Taylor as a referee, our hearts you know sink don't they because he's such an absolute fucking idiot but i'm damn sure i read it that we've got a hundred i will find this a bit like that with what against whom with him with him refing other than the cup finals um oh come on where is it where is it damn 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 i will find it talk amongst yourselves and i'll, I'll oh, find oh, it. Oh, I don't... Let me see. What did I do today? Uh, <laughs> here we go. I found. Thank God I found it. Uh, right. Anthony Taylor is the match referee at Anfield. Chelsea have a 100% record against Liverpool with Taylor at the whistle. Well, which, mean, which means Liverpool fans are now going to say, we can't have that man. That, that, we can't have that man because ref cheating. is always against us. Cheating bastard. He'll be it's skullduggery. He's biased. Yeah, listen, uh, he's been paid. They've paid him. E, 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 e. Calm down. Anyway, yeah, so I, I can't believe that because, as I said, our hearts sing when we know that, that Taylor's the referee. Actually, I mean, that's a really good point. Good segue, JK or Martin or who, or both of you. But, you know, because it was really interesting, wasn't it, when uh, Liverpool played Burnley last weekend. And I, I thought I thought Burnley were unlucky to lose 2-0. I mean, I thought they, as they often do, they gave it a great good go. Uh, and they did it in their usual Burnley way, uh, trying to kill the opposition, you know. But I think that's all fair and allowed in football. I've got no problem with that. You know, shithousery, physicality, it is part of the game. And what happens? Bloody Klopp. Might, I mean, by the way, doesn't Klopp look ugly without his glasses? Has anybody noticed this? Well, he wasn't exactly... No, well, yeah, but the glasses covered it, it up. Ex- it wasn't exactly an all painting with the bloody yeah, things Yeah, but the, gl- the glasses <laughs> covered it up, Martin. I think that's the it point. It also made him look quite intellectual and studious, which yeah. I think which suited him because of the kind of manager he was. He looks now, fatter. It also looks slightly deranged occasionally yeah, as well. Yeah. I, think, I think his eyes are still adjusting to not having to wear them. So <laughs> what, just up, look... To wear his eyes or the glasses? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> anyway, I don't know how I got side-winked into that one. But the bottom line is Klopp after the Burnley game basically moaned and moaned and moaned and moaned about Burnley players trying to kill his players and being out of order and, and, and the referee was letting everything go and it was a disgrace and... And he shouldn't be such a snowflake. But you know what was really interesting, J.K.? I happened to listen to the, uh, the, the, the Liverpool-Burnley match on the radio, right? And the commentary on the radio was saying all the time it was really, really weird because the referee was blowing for fouls that Burnley had made on Liverpool but was not blowing for Liverpool when they made the same kind of foul on Burnley. How bizarre is that? Mm. And yet Klopp's That's- moaning about the referee. Was moaning about it being uh, 15 years out of date, wasn't he? He yeah. was saying that, um, that the, uh, the the allowing fouls and playing on was uh, 
was something from a different era and he didn't approve. Well, maybe his players should get up off the floor rather than rolling around like they're about to die when they've got nothing but a scratch. Yes, but isn't that um, the norm for Liverpool players? Uh, well, to be fair, JK, and I'm not, I'm not deliberately trying to be you know, even-handed here, but let's face it, all teams do it. Yeah, all yeah. and it's. Do you know what? It's not the continental players alone. I mean, look at the number of British players that do it. You know, it's it's universal. It's part of the game. And I've always felt that you know, don't complain about players cheating and diving and and feigning injury. Get referees to punish it, and get referees who can understand that that's what's going on, and get them to punish it. They'll soon bloody stop. This has been something I've ranted over in the past, isn't it? Is the inability of referees to. Uh keep the game going and particularly in the last 10 minutes when a team is one goal up and it's just the whole game descends into complete shithousery and they seem to be incapable of uh, of of making any um decisions that uh, um are against this kind of behavior but at the same time i suppose from a referee's point of view if a player goes down with cramp and he says he's got cramp or a player uh, feigns an injury how does the referee um make a decision based on whether he's shamming or not, whether he's making it up. I, I well, I'll tell you what, like, tricky. like um, who was the Italian player in the semi-final, I think it was, of the Euros? I can't remember. It, might, it wasn't Locatelli, because I think he was injured by then. But whoever it was, he got injured in the penalty area, went down like he'd been shot, was rolling around in agony, and then the play kind of moved on, and then it looked like Italy were threatening again. And, I mean, basically, in the space of about five seconds, he managed to get up, and he was perfectly okay. So if I'm a referee and I see that, I'm saying, right, you're booked. Yeah. You're booked for simulation, mate. Belotti, wasn't it? It might have been Belotti, yeah. It might have been. No, yeah. that's true. That's true. They should be doing that. I mean, in fact, that should all be something that the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the fifth referee, the VAR referee, should be yeah. aware of. Because they've got a long, they've got a, a view of the pitch that way. If the referee is too involved in the attack and his two assistant referees aren't involved, which appears to be the case frequently because they're so worried about offsides and keeping up with the game, then that's something else for the uh, for the the VAR ref, VAR referee to have a look at. And I think that's something that they should implement. I agree completely. But it's something that I despair of, and I'm always shouting at, at the at, um, at Stamford Bridge if that ever happens well in the past at the referee to get a grip because uh, they're not paying any attention to where the game is unfolding so, uh, Indeed yeah. um, I tell you what is quite interesting about, about I mean you know because it would be quite easy to go into this game Martin wouldn't it thinking oh you know God Liverpool could I mean we said it a minute ago with Van Dijk being back oh Liverpool could be back to how they were when they won the Premier League they could be a really it could be a really tough game but I think the, there are two interesting things that I would say that might counter that. First of all, is is their summer signings, which to date is just one solitary signing, which is Ibrahima Konate, I think that's how you say it, from uh, Leipzig. And they've let go uh, Grujic, Miller, I mean, basically, apart from Shakiri, who was still a bit of a bit player for them, you know, really young kids, uh, people who were surplus to requirements like Grujic, Miller, Shakiri, Wilson, Woodburn. But... Much more crucially, I think, uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum, who I think was a super player and was arguably their best player in midfield. And I tell you, when I've watched him play for Holland, uh, he's a bloody good player for them too. I think Wijnaldum's going to be a, a, a huge miss for Liverpool. Nobody's talking about this. Why not? I th- well, I think we're all looking at some of the more glamorous players that have been moving teams recently. I'd say... That's been a little. It happened quite early in the summer as well, so it has been forgotten about a little. I think 
I think he he will he could be a big miss for them. I think the other thing is it's the same team that won the league, but a couple of years older and with a couple of serious injuries that have been absorbed by their key players. Um, we, in my view, are a completely different outfit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, JK, I mean, apart from all of that, and I picking up on what Martin was saying about injuries, I mean, I would say to, to, on the other side of the coin, I mean, we know they got Van Dyke back, uh, but Gomez, who had a nasty injury, he's back. Uh, Joel Matip's back. Oxlade Chamberlain's back, uh, and also uh, Robertson's back as well. And he's a very—I mean, he played, I think, amongst the most games for them last season. He's a very effective player for them. So you know, you could—and I mean, I mean, we—you know—we know that they were hit hard by injuries last season, which might have had something to do with the fact that they didn't really ch- make a challenge until the end of the season. So it's a—it's a difficult one to call because of that, isn't it? I think. I think they're going to be much more competitive because all these players are back, and there was that period in the middle of the season last season where he, he seemed to just be playing these these reserves who just were, were nowhere near the standard of the uh, the excellent players that um, that were injured so you could see why they had a dip in form um but yeah i think when alden was uh, it was fantastic and he I, I think he'd been tapped up hadn't he by ps well not tapped up that's the wrong thing to say i think he'd, he'd been think. tapped up by barcelona and then he'd, he'd, he'd been tickled he'd been tickled he'd been He'd been tickled by a French tickler. Yes, that's what I mean. Well, sort of. That's, that's the messy deal explained then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been messy, that's for sure. <laughs> well, oh, Chidge, what a, what, a, what a thought that was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Arse gravy, I think you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> How dreadful that was. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they're a much, they're a much more competitive prospect. Um but uh, as are we, yeah. uh, we're a very different team from uh, from played them um, earlier on. Even towards the end of the the last game, I think when when did we win one nil? I think we're a, we're still a different side, and they were they were weak. But um, it'll be very very intriguing. And uh, presuming what well, I'd like to see the composition of our team, we're not well, going to be able. Let's to let's hold off on that I for a minute. That, well, I think that's going to be relevant. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. But let's hold off on it for a minute because I want to talk about the team before we really talk about how we want to see it to go because it's. There's one other thing. I mean, actually, you mentioned this a minute ago, and I think it's worth revisiting, and that's the fact. Because, you know, as Martin will testify, because I know Martin keeps a very keen eye on on any Scouse propaganda that's perpetrated by the media. Uh, and it is full of, oh, you know, the crowd at Anfield. I mean, they were doing it in the presser today, weren't they? Sucked in, mate. Sucked in. Sucked in. They were trying to, you know, rile uh, Tuchel with it today with, a, with an <sighs> impolitic answer. But... Um, I mean, we all know it's absolute cobblers. They're as quiet as a mouse for everything but the first minute and the last minute when they belt out, assisted by the panned music, I have to say, of We'll Never Walk Alone. But I think something is relevant to this, and I think that's something that we might be seeing as the first few weeks of the season you know, get going, which is for the home sides, having the home crowds back in and being so flaming excited to be back, I think is having an advantage. I mean, when you think back to last season without the crowds and I think it's the first time I don't know since how long but you know I don't know if it's even ever but bottom line is um, I think there were more away wins in the Premier League last season than when there were home wins and that's that's highly unusual that's going to go because the home fans are going to make a difference this year because a lot of these players have, have got used to not playing with them and it's going to give them a lift I think did for well, us 
Not for not with the Gooners, didn't well, for, I say, yeah, well, well for Arsenal. Okay, <laughs> there there are always outliers, aren't there? And of course, Arsenal are quiet. Whether in fact it's probably quite it's probably noisier when the stadium's empty than when it no, is. They when started full. out. They started out very no, noisy. They did. I know. To be they fair, did, they, they did. did. And they they thought. And then to be fair to them, they booted the ball up the pitch and ran after it a lot in the very beginning. Yeah. The Gooners and looked look, look vaguely dangerous. Look, but three. as soon as something goes wrong, as soon yeah, as they, we, they, yeah. yeah, because basically they don't understand the nature of support. Support means you support your team. When, when they are in, in, in trouble, you know, in strife, you know. So basically, Arsenal, your support is fucking shit. That's right. Completely. Absolutely. There's, there's a, they, they feel completely entitled at, um, at um, the Emirates. They, uh, if the team immediately concede a goal, complete silence, and then all the sniping comes in. So uh, it's an a, absolute shatter. They're shatter. All of them. Stinkers, stinkers, stinkers. They are indeed. All right, J.K. I know you can't wait anymore. I can see it's like a five-year-old be having been promised a bowl of ice cream. He can't wait anymore. So uh, vanilla, vanilla, chid. Okay, you can have a bit of no sprinkles. uh, No, I'm sorry. Neither vanilla or sprinkles have made my uh, eleven for this uh, weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's your eleven. I think. Yeah, but then we discuss it. If you you could do this, you could get the app and you could do it, and I'd be just as happy. Right. Okay. My eleven is Mendy. Well, my yeah. eleven, as always, is a com- is a combination of what I think and what I expect Tuchel to do. Right, Mendy, Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta, uh, James as the right wing back, Kante, Jorginho, Chilwell. I've picked, so that's a difference from last week, and I've kept it the same up front. So Havertz, Mount, and Lukaku. Now, I'll just tell you why I've done that. I think it was really interesting what Adam said about Werner, which I hadn't really thought about, and I think he made a good point, but. I think Alonso has been brilliant this season. I think we'd all agree with that. And I would love to pick him. But, I mean, you know, Liverpool's entire game is built around bloody quick wing-backs attacking you at all all times. And I just can't see his lack of pace really being able to withstand that. So I would give Chilwell a game because we know he's quick. Uh, But as for Havertz, Mount and Lukaku starting together, number one, I thought it worked really, really well last week. Okay, against a pitiful Arsenal side. But the other thing about when you play Havertz instead of Werner is, I think, I mean, as the, the pre-match briefing by Rick mentioned this as well, actually, you've got two very big guys up front. I mean, different kind of big guys, but big guys nevertheless, which might cause them a bit of bother. But I do, I do accept what Adam said, actually, because, of course, Liverpool will leave huge gaps behind Robertson and, uh, and Alexander-Arnold, which, of course, we could exploit. And who better to exploit that than either quick wing-backs or, or, or a quick Timo Werner? And I also suspect, as a final point, JK, that what, what Tuchel may do tomorrow is, because Liverpool, again, their whole game plan is, is, is built on you know, winning the ball very high up the pitch. They press teams very aggressively so they can win the ball in, their, in, in the opposition's third. Um, I think that Tuchel might defend quite deep tomorrow. He might be more of a five at the back tomorrow and he might look to hit him on the counter. So again, Werner might be a good option there. There you go. I rest my case, my lud. I think that's very clever, Chich. I think it's what um, Adam suggested as well. So I think you're right. Um, And I think he'd then bring Havertz on in the second half if things hadn't uh, um, improved. But yeah, it looks like it to me. Uh, I think having also uh, talking about what Adam said earlier, he said that he tends to set up, doesn't he, to protect players um frailties so he he sets the team up to protect Jorginho who can then play classy long balls and um uh and and his his short passing game is excellent isn't it putting people in and just dominate in that area without making many mistakes and I wonder whether 
Alonso fits into that bracket as well in that he sets up a um, he sets Rudiger up to defend for him all the time, which seemed to happen a lot. And even Christensen as well, he was nipping across and just um, any ball that he was quicker than both he and Rudiger were quicker than uh, uh, any of the Arsenal players. Having said that, though, what they thrive on balls over the top and running after them. So perhaps that's where we're going to have the, the problems. But in the same way, as you say, it'll leave holes behind both Robertson and uh, Terence Trent Derby. Why don't you stay? Sorry, I had to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I think Chilwell will, I think he'll pick Chilwell as well. Um, well, having said that, uh, has Chilwell been, been fit? Is has, he fit? Has he been seen by anybody for the last by anybody? Months? Yeah. Yeah. What on earth has happened? He was on that? the bench last week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but it'll be down to a training thing, won't it? Um, uh, and remember, we all said last week that we didn't think Asby would get in because um, we thought that they'd be booting the ball into that corner and he wasn't quick enough. And lo and behold, he played and had a great game. Um, and uh, he isn't he isn't absolutely necessary. Well, he, mind you, he, he chased after the ball like anybody and was and got to the ball before everybody else. So I, you can't say that he was slow in any way. Um, so perhaps he's given a bit more time. It just depends on what tactic the team had. I mean, Arsenal's tactic just appeared to be this booting the ball down the pitch and running after it, which is something I hadn't seen uh, as often as uh, as when we played with Robert Fleck. That appeared to be the only Chelsea uh, um, tactic that we seem to to do consistently. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Kante playing is fantastic every time he plays because he just completely um, uh, um, dominates um, proceedings um, and Mount will obviously play. Uh, so I just think it's those two, two different places. I think you could see, I mean, who would he have him play? He'd play would he play silver in place of Aspilicueta? There's a possibility. Um, but I don't think he's as quick and it's a very speedy side Liverpool. So I think he'll stick with Aspilicueta, Rudiger and Christensen as the three. And as you say, play Chilwell. But I, he'll play Werner instead of Havertz, I think, initially. Um, and keep it as, as, as it is. Your team will therefore only needs two changes for me. I mean, one thing I would say, which I didn't mention, although yeah. it fits into that, is that if we play on the counter-attack, which I think we might do. You know, Werner, obviously, we know he's got pace to burn, but he couldn't, you know, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. But what we've often lacked when we've tried to play counter-attack is, 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 you know, an out ball. You know, when we've been under the cosh, you know, just fuck it, kick it long and, and then see what happens. And, of course, Lukaku can do that brilliantly because he, we know he can hold the ball up. He's a great out ball. He can hold players off and he can... So I can, I can envisage... A situation not where they're necessarily hoofing the ball up to Werner on the left for him to go and fall over it in the crucial moment. And after it, they actually got the target man, is what you're saying. Well, and, and hoof it up to Lukaku, it. hold it Doing in, and he can it. he can pass it on to a, a, a Werner love running in or a Mount yeah. running in. So but might that not be the case that he doesn't therefore play Werner? He plays Lukaku, doesn't need to play Werner, and he play. I mean, my theory was I was suspicious that Werner would actually get a game again. Yeah. Because we played so well the other day, and that he would keep playing Havertz, because Havertz is clearly a superb talent, as we know. Oh, I love him. Wait, evolved from being, you know, when he first played, of man not really interested who just had COVID to uh, to this. Um, um, what's what's the word of the song? This classy player. What do they call him in the song, Judge? Oh, what I is, can't remember. Uh, silky, silky skills, silky smooth skills, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Uh, Martin, what what say you, my friend? Uh, well, I agree on Chilwell replacing Alonso for this game just for the the defensive solidity. Although that assumes that you know he hasn't, there isn't another reason for his 
three month holiday or however long it's been. He's a very strange exclusion from everything. Um, apart from that, not a lot to argue. I would be interested to see if Liverpool do play Robertson because they haven't yet. Is he definitely going to be starting tomorrow? Because if he isn't, and that Greek chap that's been there, Simikas. yeah, if he's there, then you know Reese James could have as much fun as he did last weekend. Yeah, that's very true. I, I think that Robertson was on the bench, wasn't he, uh, against Burnley? I, I have a, I have a suspicion he may start, but whether he lasts the whole ninety is a moot point. You could also say the same about Chilwell, who hasn't had a game under his belt yet. You know, yeah. maybe he won't be able to last the whole ninety. It'll. I mean, it, it, I mean, I have to say, it, it, it's it's a fascinating matchup tomorrow. I, I really think so. There's some. I think it's going to be Chelsea. Obviously, it's a stupid thing to say, really, but it's clearly going to be Chelsea's biggest test in the season to date. Uh, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that one out. There's some really fascinating stats here which have intrigued me, particularly with one eye on uh, my Premier League predictions, which I've yet to do. Uh, but will be soon. Martin Wickham, by the way, uh, what's happened to Marco? You're running riot, mate. He was in fourth uh, position. I think he's done. I think he's taken an early steal there, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> just, I took one look at it. Always reads me close, and then I I looked again after the West Ham Leicester game. I just went, oh fuck. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's very impressive. He's on fire. I mean, but mind you, like death. I, I, I hope he had some money on the book with the bookies on the, some of those results as he, well. He, I think he might have done. I mean, I know he had money on Chaloba scoring the other week, but uh, you know, like death, tax, and taxes, there are some certain things in life. And the other one of that, uh, the, the the final one that com- completes that trilogy is J.K. Tony Glover and Chidge being absolutely shit at the Premier Predictions League. We are languishing amongst the bottom. I thought about it a bit more this week, Judge. I know. I'm having an absolute Western no, superman, I mean, mate. Telling you, I've, I've thought about oh, have it you? A bit for this one, so let's see. All right. Well, we, you, you, me and Tony, and Canners, for that matter, need to do very uh, much better, I have to say. Man City, Man City are going to score five. Okay. And the opposition, you're going to score nil. That's going to be my big game. I'm going to get an absolute, that's going to be right for me. All right. Sounds like you're just putting in last week's scores. Yeah. <laughs> God help us. Uh, anyway, that, there are some really interesting stats, as I said, with one eye on the Premier League predictions, which we've got to do. But Chelsea are unbeaten away from home in the Premier League on a Saturday in 2021. Four wins, two draws. No coach has opened a, a league campaign with three wins without conceding since Carlo Ancelotti in 2010-11. Uh, there are more that, that really uh, absolutely piqued my interest. Chelsea have faced 10 shots in our first two games, uh, fewer than any other side. Four of those shots were on target. And since Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge in January, Edouard Mendy has kept more Premier League clean sheets than any other goalkeeper in the competition, 11. In all, Mendy has kept 11 clean sheets in 33 Premier League appearances, the best ratio among all keepers in the competition's history to have played a minimum of 10 games. I mean, how about those apples? And they miss uh, him in January. Oh fuck yeah, he's he's going off to the African uh, Cup of Nations. Yeah, we've got Kepper, mate, we'll be fine. Yeah, nothing could possibly go wrong. No, what could possibly <laughs> go wrong? Uh anyway, we're also unbeaten in our past forty one Premier League games when leading at half time. Uh but on the other hand, Klopp's side are unbeaten in the Premier League for twelve games, as JK was saying, uh and they've won their last seven Premier League games by an aggregate of eighteen three and have kept a clean sheet in the last four. So, you know, you give with one hand, you take away with the other. But I tell you what I take out from that, JK, and again, this has got a little bit of 
resonance for the Premier League predictions. Invariably, I predict Chelsea concede a goal, and I seem to have my head stuck in in in, in a previous era. But we don't let goals in, mate. We don't let goals in. We always add one as a kind of just um, oh they might score, but we always if we, even if we have us winning. But yeah, it, it's unlikely. Then also you have to say that um, Mendy has been aided by the brilliance of the of the defence and the exactly. brilliance of the uh, the way that Tuchel sets them up to stop opposition. The opposition aren't likely to be the opposition can't shoot. Aren't going to get many shots on goal. They're un- they're really unlikely to score. So um, it's a combination. He's a decent keeper. He's a very good keeper. No, he's an excellent keeper and the defence is excellent and the manager's excellent. I agree with that. And I also think, Martin, that the other key to that is actually the midfield. I think that uh, their ability to win the ball back and also keep possession is also very instrumental in protecting the defence. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the problems we had towards the end of Lampard's time in charge was the midfield getting bypassed and defence and keeping it and exposed as a result. Indeed. That been that been tightened up has just made the world of difference. It has, hasn't it? Well, I mean, let's hope it carries on tomorrow. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm struggling a bit with with how to call this, but you know, I mean, it, it could be a nil nil draw, could be a one all draw. I mean, I don't know whether there'll be goals or not. You know, we're capable of scoring because we've got Lukaku, Liverpool. If they're on song, I mean, you know, they can bang goals in for fun. But it, but you know uh, what what queers that pitch for me is the fact that our defence is so good and I and I and I mean you know Tuchel's not going to be an idiot he's he, he you know he's not going to go oh let's all go gung ho and have it have it out with Liverpool he's he's too cute for that he's far too cute for that and I do think he might he might you know uh, treat it a bit like um, we saw with some of those Champions League games you know like the Real Madrid and the Atletico. And I love the fact that that what he does out of position. I mean, like last week, I didn't know, I didn't say this on Monday, but I, we know that he often will will move the wing wing backs back to create a back five when we're under the cosh or when we're out of possession. What he did last week, and you could see it so clearly in a few passages of the game, we actually were playing five two two. It was fascinating, you know. So the the wing backs came back. You had Jorginho and uh, and Kovacic or Kante at, at some point next to each other, and Lukaku uh, and, and whoever was left on at that stage. It was really... No, that can't be right, because that's nine, isn't it? That's the fatal flaw in my argument. Um, maybe it was 5-3-2. That would be more sensible. So he, it's really interesting how, how, as you were saying, JK, he's, a, he's such a shrewd manager tactically. So I don't think he's going to go gung-ho. I think he's going to be quite... You know, he's going to set them up very solidly and try and hit him on the counter. So there you go. The very fact that we've established that they come forward with the fullbacks, he will try and exploit as the area in, with with both James and whoever it is, Chilwell or Alonso, um, behind uh, behind the midfield and behind the the two attacking fullbacks. In which case, uh, if Lukaku is as 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 present as he was last week, there should be many chances for balls whipped in from both wings from the fullbacks, as we saw at Arsenal. I just think that's going to be a a very good route for uh, for Lukaku, Lukaku to score. Um, and he will already be thinking along those lines, won't he? And uh, so if James James was completely on fire last week, so uh, um, providing and scoring, and um, as was Mount, and we haven't even mentioned Mount's influence here, because Mount uh, is is such a, such a good player, links it all up so well. And uh, the way he put Lukaku in for that terrific header, which deserved the goal, was a terrific save by, by Leno. Um, it just augurs so well for me um, with with having Lukaku as a centre. 
All right, now nail your colours to the mast, Mr. Kid. Uh, 2-1. 2-1 for you. Martin, I mean, if you want to add on how you see it going, by all means, but also give me a prediction. I think both of them will largely cancel each other out this early in the season. Um, I think it'll be a bit of a sparring match. I'm going to say one all. One all for you. Okay, I'm I'm going to go... I mean, I'm really torn, as I said, between a draw or, you know, no goals or lots of goals, and I really am very confused. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, we should have won 2-0 up there last year. I mean, obviously, Mount scored the absolutely brilliant goal, which I think was my goal of the season. And uh, But Werner scored, and he was, of course... What was he, JK? What would Werner have been? Um, do the words off and side go together? They do. Well? But actually, uh, under the law now, he probably would have been... He have scored four. On side. So it should have been 2-0, really. Would have been five nil. He just scored all four of them. He was offside for. He may have done, but certainly two. So I'm going to go two nil. So two one for J.K. One all for Martin. Now I'm worried because Martin, as you know, beats the shit out of you and me every week in the Prem Predictions League. And Martin, there's, there's always one week where I fuck it up. So all let's right. hope it's this one. But I agree. I thought of one one. It's likely to be one one. But my, being positive, I can't do it with Chelsea. Two one. Two nil for me. Two one for you, J.K. One all for. Martin, uh, let's hope uh, me and J.K. are right and uh, not Martin. Yep, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope yes, you are <laughs> in the in the nicest possible way, Martin. Um, obviously, mate, you're you're go you're both going up there tomorrow, aren't you? Yep, yep. Aye, 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 aye. Good stuff. Well, look, um, have fun, enjoy the game. Uh, you know, don't get into any trouble, of course. Obviously, up in Liverpool, and uh, I look forward to seeing you both soon. But it's been brilliant having you on on a Friday, as always, Martin. Uh, yep. And as I said, have a good time, mate. Thanks very much. Good to be here. And, Always um, a pleasure. Hopefully, we take the. Hopefully, I am completely wrong, and we are quietly walking back down the Anfield Road, um, suppressing the smiles on our faces. Indeed, 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 indeed. And as for you, J.K. Yeah. Yes, have a great time. And uh, if you can do a Chelsea fan bite on the way back in the car, you will get a lot of love from people because you certainly did last week. I might do it walking back to the car if we park. No, don't or... do that because they'll, they'll somebody will nick yeah, your they'll, phone. Yeah, they'll find me and nick my phone. Won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Martin gets this. He says you you walk back to the car as quickly as you can, trying to suppress the big smirk on your face yeah. if you've won. And remember one other thing as well: when you walk through a storm, yeah, put a fucking brolly up, you silly bastard. <laughs> Love it. Good note to end it on. Well done, Martin. Right, just very quickly, J.K. and myself will be back on Monday night. Believe it or not. Uh, for the main Chelsea Fancast show, and we'll be joined by guess who, JK? And Silver. Yep. And? Uh, Clayton Beerman. Yes. So it's a double act versus a double act on Monday. It should be fun, shouldn't it? But, well, uh, you know, I know my place if they want to, you know, take it over. No, but I, I, I don't know why. I always just, Dan and Clayton go, always go together for me. So it'll be brilliant getting those two on. So, uh, Looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll be talking about the Liverpool match and hopefully us winning it. So there we go. Right. Well done, these boys. And Adam, of course, earlier on. Uh, of course, people at Mixler, lovely to see so many of you in here, as always. Uh, look forward to seeing you again on Monday. But thanks for listening. See you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it shells. Up the chills! Yeah! Eine Frage. 
Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich.